With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Scouser Tommy's. And I was just thinking that it might be the first time you've listened now that we've got new ways of reaching us, new ways of listening to content on Anfield Index, new ways of um, listening without necessarily having a subscription. So if it is your first time listening, welcome. And if it's not your first time, welcome anyway. And also welcome to Jay Reed, who joins me today as we get on another one of our meandering hours or so on, talking about all things Liverpool from a from a Liverpool perspective. Are you okay, Jay? Yes, mate. Uh, good. Uh, Friday lunchtime as we record. So, weekend without football again. We <laughs> we were one of these weird international winter break things, but we always find uh, avenues to explore and discuss. And, you know, before you know, football will be back up on our doorstep and I'm sure there'll be other things we can get our teeth into this hour. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean... I think when we were talking about doing this, you kind of think to yourself, all right, we'll just talk about something that is pretty timeless, that whenever we record it, you can listen to it whenever and it won't be out of date. But, of course, Liverpool being Liverpool, they always throw something at you, don't they? And just when you thought the transfer window was going to go away without anything really happening, there's all this talk about Liverpool splashing out €60 million Euros on a player who's currently on international duty but um, could be playing for Liverpool next month if all goes well. Yeah, um, I said before we recorded, uh, I woke up at just after five o'clock this morning to go to work and had a message that there was a lot of chatter in South America that we've struck a deal for Luis Diaz, who, in all intents and purposes, is someone we've monitored. Um, you know, the famous old term that Liverpool are monitoring a player. Uh, but it looked like Spurs were maybe in for them seriously, and it seems like we've jumped the queue or we've sort of struck the, the same deal as reporters suggesting as Spurs and the player has only got eyes for us, which, you know, if it was a tussle between Liverpool and Spurs, it's no-brainer, really, unless you wanted to play in a, a shiny NFL stadium, which they've got, um, or the London lifestyle. But we've had a lot of South American players in, in recent years, so I'm sure he's, he's had contact with lads who from that part of the world, even... Um, Colombians such as Jerry Mina and Hamas Rodriguez have played for Everton and they probably give an insight into what life's like in the city and you know if if we can attract numerous South American players the Brazilian lads who've had the Uruguayans and stuff then it can only be a good thing um, 
from what we're reading or seeing from say, various sources online, um, I know you've not seen as much as I have this morning, that the deal looks as good as done financially with Porto. I'd imagine, you know, if he's picked us over Tottenham, personal terms are spot on. Uh, and it's pending the medical. And he plays tonight as we record on the Friday for Colombia versus Peru. Um, and then he's used to play again on Tuesday against Argentina. So it's probably a case of sending a team out there to uh, Argentina or Peru, whatever they're located, or Colombia to get this medical done, dusted, and then, you know, the the media formalities, pictures and so on and so forth. And then, you know, we might even save ourselves a few quid if we put him back on the plane with Fabinho and Allison and fly him back. So, you know, there's there's a there's a benefit there for us, tight FSG out club, but we have splashed the cash. We didn't expect to do it. Um, you know, I posted, I think it was yesterday or the other day, last night, I think, um, he was... Uh, Liverpool posted about one of our young goalkeepers, Polish goalkeepers, going on loan to Notts County, and just the comments underneath it were like, they were just ludicrous, like demanding we sign players and saying this and that and the other. And I was like, you know, realistically, get your head round it. We ain't signing anyone because we've just got accustomed to the fact now, as level headed fans know, we probably won't sign anyone unless it's out of the blue, which this one has been. Um, and it's a nice, pleasant surprise, but we don't really do business um, in January. We have done it in the past, like Van Dyke and Suarez and so on, but it's not a market we usually shop in. Um, so it was a pleasant surprise. He's he's a hell of a talent. Um, he was the best player when we played Porto over the two games. I know we, we smashed him out in Porto, but he did look a threat constantly. And when he played at Anfield, he, again, he looked a threat wide on the uh, left-hand side. He's He's got ability. Um what that means for future players, who knows? We could we could delve into that one. I'm sure the narrative uh, merchants are really looking deep into that one. What it means for probably Sadio Mane with his contract running down. Yeah. But it's a talent. It's a forward attacking player. We've been asking for more talent up top. You know, but as good as Origi and Minamino have been, we don't maybe think they're up to the level on a consistent basis for what we need. Um, they've contributed, of course, but. This lad can do it. He's the, probably the best player in Portugal in recent time um, since Bruno went to United. Champions League experience. He's eligible for the Champions League since Porto and now in the Europa League due to the uh, way our Champions League group, funny enough, ended. Um, so, you know, it ticks pretty much every box. He's 25. It brings the natural age of the squad down a bit. It's It seems like a no-brainer, hopefully, by the time this pod goes out, maybe fans are celebrating the fact that he's in a red shirt and maybe not done the old Melwood slash Kirby lean, but, you know, some sort of Colombian lean um, and presented with the shirt. And we have ourselves a new South American superstar. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let me know when you are listening to this, you are listening to it with the picture in your mind of him with that shirt in front of him, doing that lean or whatever the equivalent is. He's 25 as well, which... Um, Sort of brings to mind that he's probably at what you at one time you would have sort of said was a peak age for a, a striker, but as as Mo Salah has shown us, and as we've said time and again on this podcast, Mo Salah's not at his peak. wasn't at his peak at twenty five, was he? You know, you you still you still going and getting getting better. So I think at twenty five, there's a good few years in him as long as Liverpool, and without sort of harbouring on that FSG thing again, as long as Liverpool recognise that. They make, need to make sure the contract's good enough for him to keep here all the way through those peak years. It does say 
So this is what James Pierce's take on it is. And I think a lot of the information that goes around when you sign is all coming from more or less the same sources anyway. And then people go around and just just sort of check with other people they know and see how things add up and and you get sort of you get to the truth then by asking enough people and always with liverpool it only comes out really late on really towards really late in the day i mean this is almost you know there was nothing all transfer window practically then this this comes up but it's according to james pierce he'll undergo a medical in argentina this weekend and sign a long term contract which obviously subjects to the medical which is a good sign. Forty-five million euros with a further fifteen million to follow, and I think what that reminds me of is that time and again over summers or over winter windows, people would be going on about what's the transfer budget, what's the transfer budget, and really it's not. It's not like a dead simple thing that you that you can say to a manager, here's thirty million, and then if you sell a player for ten million, you've got forty million to spend on players because different players are bought on different terms different installment bases you very rarely pay out up front for one player there's been times when players have joined a club and the the, the last but one club is still paying for them and stuff so i think what what i what i get the feeling that goes on with fsg is that they don't so much have um, a transfer budget there'll be money there that they can use if they need to and when the right player comes up at the right time they'll go for it and i think as you've said yourself we We've seen sort of two of our two of our strikers away because of the African Cup of Nations, but that could very easily have been two of our strikers away because of injuries, fitness, suspensions, whatever. And then we are sort of beginning to struggle. Then I mean, Ox has done a good job when he's been asked to play there, but that that's not his place. Minamino, you can tell he's not. I mean, I don't ever go with him, and I think the more games he got, the better he'd get, the better he'd be. But I think have Liverpool got the time to wait for him? to come up to speed maybe not and same with Origi you know with time and again he's done stuff for us but he's definitely one of those players that goes down as cult hero rather than a player you want to rely on and I think you know maybe maybe their futures are numbered but what we want is players who you wouldn't think twice about putting in the side players who straight away you'd want to come in what you want is for Klopp to have a problem he's got five really good players and only three places to play them in and if we've got as many games coming up as we might have we're in the League Cup final we're still in the FA Cup Champions League league, we need a good selection of players as well. So it'd be good if he can get in and get up to speed. But of course, we have seen it with Liverpool that you get new players, but they don't come into the side straight away. How do you? I don't know. This player seems good enough in the position he plays that we'll be. I think we'll be getting him involved pretty quickly if he's fit enough. Yeah, I think he's probably more down the Van Dijk sort of route than the you know the Andy Robertson. Um, sort of avenue that we took where we took yeah. some time to, to learn the system and you know quality speaks doesn't it um, he, he's got that quality and I think we've got the luxury potentially of you know touch wood that everyone stays fit and healthy we've got enough options up top that we can integrate them slowly uh, we can allow them time and I mean from all the, the clips you see he operates from the left wing can go inside or out likes to come inside and have a shot which, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only Liverpool fan out there who sometimes thinks, you know, just hit the bloody thing, just have a go. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, far too often we try to look for that extra pass and, mm. you know, Arsenal being criticised for in the pass and we're not the same type of team as them. But, you know, sometimes just let them rip and test and keep it every now and again. Um, it's yeah, we've done about, for some reason, I think this has come up in about three different roles I've done this season where 
You know, he was a game of the game. week. We didn't have a shot on target. Yeah, but Arsenal in the League Cup was it? I think. Yeah, if you have a shot, it might the, the keeper might parry it, and you get it. The a defender might deflect it. It, you know, there's, it it causes chaos basically. Whereas if you just yeah. keep passing and passing and passing, you're just going to lose the ball in the end anyway. Yeah, I, I think what, what what it gives us is another dimension. Um, you know, Sadio Mane has been brilliant for us. No, no questions, no qualms about what he's done for us. Jordan's time um, and what I was been thinking of today is we've got numerous players whose contracts expire next summer summer 2023 if it's a choice between right we can only extend two or three um, those lads are Sadio um, Mo Salah Oxlade Chamberlain Naby Keita and Firmino I think you know if, if you're going to say right well you can only extend two of them and the other ones have got to go you know, if it was a toss-up between Sadio and Salah, then you know, you, you know, everyone's going to take Mo Salah as, as as much as a brilliant player Sadio Mane is. Mo Salah's the best in the world at the moment, so you keep that. Um, and businesses, football is business at the end of the day. And if if it's a case that we bring Luis Diaz in in January, we give him the rest of the season to bed in, learn the system, learn the club. Um, you know, give him time to settle as a player, as a person, and then the summer comes and we receive a, a handsome offer for Sadio Mane with a year to let go on his contract, and you know, wish him well, thank him for all he's done. I don't think any anyone really with a level-headed perspective would say that wasn't too much of a bad thing because you know, there's been numerous podcasts from numerous sections of the fan base, whatever, saying we do need to refresh this squad. It is aging, and sometimes you know, you've just got to be brutal and just move players on. We've not been too good at that in recent times. Sentiment has kept players at the club for maybe a year or two longer than they should have been. And if the management team and the, the scouting departments have identified this player as someone who can come in and maybe give us the level of what Sadio Mane's given us for the past five years, for another five years, with faster, fresher, younger legs, then that can only be a good thing. I mean, if we kept Sadio Mane, I wouldn't be against it at all. But I'm just thinking, like you know, if it's if it's going to be one or the other, every fan sadly is going to go for Mo Salah, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think I think any any fan of any club would as well. If you offered them those two players, they probably want both if they could. But if you can't, which one do you choose? And it's it's, it's pretty obvious at the moment, at least. And uh, and that's not taking anything away from Mane because he's an absolutely outstanding player. If we didn't have Mo Salah, we would we'd probably be thinking horrific thoughts about losing him because he's been so good. But again, just just Mo is just on another level again. It's interesting as well, according to the reports, Julian Ward is doing the negotiations on this Diaz deal. He's going to take over from Michael Edwards in the summer as the sporting director. So it'll be interesting just to see how that works out because. In many ways, as much as we've talked about worrying about losing Salah, or you know, may, you know, maybe somewhere down the line we'll be saying what's happening with Van Dijk's contract or Ali's contract or whatever. You know, worry about losing players, worry about Klopp deciding to go at some point. These are all worries that, that you have. But from what everyone says, Michael Edwards has been massive in in what's happened to Liverpool in terms of improvement this last few years. So this this is almost as worrying a time as losing any of those players. It's going to be interesting just to see if the transition works out. And it sounds like it will if they're letting him do the negotiations now before he officially gets the job. It sounds like you know they're, they're letting him bed in a bit. 
maybe the laptop's in good hands after all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the spreadsheet still carries the same power that it used to. It's just a different fella calling the shots. But yeah, I mean, a lot was made of you know Michael Edwards' decision to leave the club at the end of the season. Um, and you know, if if this is sort of one of these things where you know passing in the baton, and he was maybe you know just overseeing from the background and let uh, Julian Ward do this, then you know that that can only be a good thing. You know, get get your first deal under your belt, and you know if it, if it's a a world class player potentially on our hands, I'm sure a lot of fans will soon feel at ease if you know this is the level of player that we can still compete on, and maybe losing Michael Edwards is not. To be all and end all, it's it's sad to see a fella go who's done so much to the club, but his mind's made up. Whatever he, he goes on to do, I'm sure he'd be well wished by by many for for his time that he's done and the, the players he's brought us. But football is football. Um, you've got to move with the times, and if this is what we can do without him, then you know the the signs are on, uh, pretty good, really. And I think yeah, I think Liverpool's always been about. It's not. It's never been about one individual. It's always been about lots of individuals that make it into what it is and not always individuals that are, that are visible from from the stand so to speak lots of people behind the scenes making the club what it is and I think in days gone by we always had systems we always gone about the boot room and the systems they had and the way they did things and their methodology and and if someone left the boot room and someone got promoted into it the kind of general methodology and the the general sort of way of doing things was the same the the whole mindset of how you do things would have been the same. And I think, well, I'd like to think that at this club that FSG will be sort of making sure that that's how it works in the boardroom and at, at board level and, you know, well away from the pitch, that the, the same sort of methods that work, that they're going to keep and that when people do change jobs that they can hand them on. They also um, There's also a chance that, as we just sort of hinted at, that if... Um, if Liverpool get offers, they could be getting rid of Minamino or even Origi if this deal goes through. Um, Minamino apparently valued at twenty million by Liverpool, which I can <laughs> I just can't see them getting that. Not unless they do some kind of it's ten million now, maybe and twenty million if we win the World Cup with him or something. Yeah, I think that's a bit extortionate. To be fair, um, <clears throat> what did we not? Was it? I think off the top of my head, eight million. Um, could I be eleven. Remember, yeah, it wasn't. Eight or eleven? Yeah, it, it, there's no way to I mean, if we if we recoup the money and maybe make a small profit, if you if someone come in and said we'll give you ten, rising to fifteen, depending on you know progress and um, success rates, then I think you know that that's a good deal. Um, for for what we've had out of the lad, um, we've not utilised him a lot. He's contributed significantly in the League Cup um, this season. He's got quite a few goals, but. I think it was probably a telling for him and you know for for Klopp and the and the fan base that um, he didn't start in that second leg against Arsenal. It was Kate Gordon brought in a young yeah. lad given the start, and even then at the the league games he he didn't start them. He's been brought off the bench for um, short appearances for fifteen, twenty, twenty five minutes here and there. But you know I thought that was maybe. Maybe the final nail in the coffin of of a lad who's not really done too much wrong, but he's just probably not done enough. Um, maybe we're we're just a level too much for him. Um, he seemed to do well at Southampton last year, and that could possibly be his level of um, ability in in football. It, it's not the the top end of the Premier League at the middle, um, and you know 
if he does go, we'll wish him well. If he stays, you know, we'll might use Eliza Mead in there in, in the FA Cup or whatever. But twenty million seems a bit extortionate. I think if if you're maybe taking ten to fifteen, I think that's probably more of a fair figure. Um, Urigi, no one knows. No one knows where he is. No one knows if he's coming, going, staying alive, dead. You know, it. He, he's an enigma on and off the pitch. Um, I probably don't expect him to be gone in January. Um, he'll probably pop up somewhere end of the month. You know, wouldn't be surprised if he come off the bench in the League Cup final and, and yeah. lift the winner or, you know, in a Champions League tie, we might need him. And, you know, he's got form. I think the, well, thing, the, the thing with the Rig as yeah. well is he's, he's he's been off with a knee injury, hasn't he? And he's supposedly getting nearer to fitness again. But the problem going for um, a transfer is like whoever buys him has got to take a punt on that knee being okay because there's only there's only you know he's literally he's literally injured. So you do a medical and there's going to be an injury showing up on that in some way. And if you're happy to sort of put that to one side or put some kind of mitigation in a deal that you do, maybe maybe you'll take him. But it just puts me in mind of Liverpool buying Andy Carroll, which take aside whether or not he was the right player for Liverpool. The the biggest issue with Andy Carroll was that he arrived at Anfield injured and took a long time to get fit. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel comfortable going to buy a car, and he was a red flag on the car. Then on mm. you wouldn't you'd probably be like, mm, I don't really think this is the right thing to do. Um, so it's sort of the same thing, you know, the meticulous nature that medicals are. Um, I know there's, you know, there's an issue surrounding is he out of contract in the summer, or are we going to trigger a year extension? Is that due to appearances, or is that just something the club might decide to do? I, no one really knows. Again, it's just the Origi enigma that no one genuine knows what's going on with this player. He just he'll appear out of nowhere. Like you would not be surprised if we play Cardiff in a week or so's time. And Origi starts. Like, it, yeah. You genuinely would not be surprised by that. I just but at the I same like time, there's, still, there's going to be a game where he's going, he's going to appear in goal for us, isn't he? Sorry, yeah. You know yeah what sorry, yeah. I was just going to say you'd be not surprised if before that game, clock or Pep's press conference turned around and said, "Oh, yeah, he's another, another four weeks away." You, you, you would not be surprised. Yeah, and he's an enigma anyway. I mean, that's what um, some Spanish clubs think of him anyway, don't they? <laughs> where, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> Is how they look at him. Um, there's also like there's also talk about Nat Phillips because obviously he he did a good stint for us when we needed him, but clearly we don't need him now the way we did, and he's going to struggle to get games. And apparently Watford have have made a bit of seven million for him, but Liverpool won about fifteen. So again, maybe I mean maybe these prices that are being put out by Liverpool are a kind of don't come anywhere near us with seven million for a player that we're going to say is fifteen, but maybe we'll take eleven or twelve. You know, it's just a sort of message to say. Same with Minamino. Don't don't come to us with an eight million bid. You'll not get near him. You know, they don't really want twenty, but they're trying to get the message out there that you know, because whatever 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 figure comes out, clubs are always going to try and knock that down unless there's a lot of competition, and that's that's going to be the other issue as well. Is there going to be any competition? Um, I mean, Newcastle are actually one of the clubs. Linked with Nat Phillips, and they made a proposal according according to this to take him on loan, take Nat Phillips on loan. By why are Newcastle offering to take players on loan? I thought they had loads of money coming in. Yeah, and you know, I think it was loan with an obligation to buy. You guessed the big asterisk at the end. That was if we stay up. Yeah. Now, with all due respect to Nat Phillips, 
he wouldn't be misplaced in the championship. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, if Newcastle went down, he'd be a player banging on Eddie Howe's door or Amanda Staley's door saying, get me out of here. Um, I'm too good for the championship sort of thing because he's he's a decent player. That championship lower end of the Premier League is probably think is his, his level for a consistent week-to-week basis. As, as good as a job he did for us last season, he's not, with all due respect, a lad of Champions League week in, week out calibre player, but he can certainly do a job for for a lot of teams in the league. Um, yeah, like Connor Cody leaving Liverpool, you know, yeah, how, really yeah. highly thought of, but wasn't, you know, and with all due respect, as good as he is, I don't think, I think I think being at Wolves and the captain of Wolves and performing well enough for them is, is a good level for him. Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's probably, there's arguably a couple of players in our squad that you could go through. Um, I think Phillips will eventually move it over one of these, you know, sort of, Jim White special deadline day things where there's yellow ties going all over the place and there's phones buzzing um, with Harry Redknapp who has got nothing to do with football anymore but you know good old Harry's give him a, an inkling as to what's happening um, but I, I hope he goes personally for his own development so you know he's he's 24 I think now he, he needs to to get his career on the road and and do himself you know a full profession and as you say, Connor Cody is a good measuring stick where, you know, he may not have made it at Liverpool, but, you know, he's carved himself a decent career. He's, he's got himself into the England squad. Um, he's captain the Wolves. You know, he's probably not going to go much higher than than Wolves as a as a club. But, you know, Wolves this season are eighth, I think they are. They're, they're certainly knocking around the, the top end of the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, you know, that that's nothing to be sniffed at. So, you know, for for the lad's personal development and professional development, I hope he does get a move and, and settles down somewhere and mm. and plays because you know he, he give us he give us some good memories and if his last a memory as a Liverpool player is that you know turn in the San Siro when he sent two players off for a bit of pizza down the road, then then that's good <laughs> enough for me. Yeah, and I think like we talked about in the past, when Liverpool players come back to Anfield, most of them get a good reception, and he definitely would. It's um, something else as well that's happened this week. I didn't even, I, again, I'm catching up on everything, but I didn't realise that Alisson had been sent off. Or they had two red cards in a game on Thursday night for Brazil. Um, apparently, both of them were overturned by VAR. So, that is the reason I'm mentioning that is it should play right into the hands of all these people who were re- still angry with us that we wouldn't <laughs> have won the game 3 1 if in our most recent match. If it wasn't for VAR giving us a penalty, we would have lost it, even though we were still 2 1 up. I don't understand. But anyway, you know, we this sort of idea that Liverpool are getting favouritism from VAR is complete nonsense. But the idea that Alisson's had two red cards rescinded in one game for Brazil should really uh, put some petrol on that fire. It'll rattle a few feathers, will um, <laughs> I did see the the incidents before on uh, Sky Sports News, to be fair. They were replaying them and, you know, the first one, he comes out, he clears the ball, and the player just continues running and runs into Allison's leg. All right, his legs six foot in the air, whatever, because he's come out of the edge of his box to clear it. But the player was five, six yards away, and could see Allison was clearly winning the ball, and continued to run into Allison. So, if anything, it was a foul on Allison. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, a short had uh, the back pass, which was sort of mid mid lift sort of head height and Alisson half thought about catching it probably thought I'm going to get a smack in the face here 
So went with his fists and punched it. And again, the player ran into him. And, uh, you know, sanity in South American football prevailed and he didn't get sent off on both occasions. Um, he received the yellow card for the first one, which was bizarre. But, um, you know, VAR at times can be useful. Um, it can do the right thing. You know, we could argue was it the right thing or not on Sunday, but um, for me, no. Um, but we were two on up, so we didn't lo- we weren't losing the game. We weren't coming away from there with three points regardless. But it fits the narrative. It sells papers, it clicks websites. You know, it, it diverts traffic and attention. And if you put Liverpool's name or Liverpool player in the headlines, it certainly gets. But from from the way it looks to me, a lot more attention. Um, than it would if it was, you know, a Tottenham player or if it was a Brighton player or whoever. Um, you know, we get we do say like the most talked about club in the world or the biggest club in the country, whatever. Um, and it's true, you know, it, it works. Like everyone loves to hate us, and we don't we don't mind that. <laughs> we, we just get on with it. We're used to it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I didn't. I don't think people realise that. It's like you're not necessarily going to hurt our feelings. You might get us annoyed at you. You might get called out for it and stuff like that, but we're not really bothered. We just, we just get on. We just get on. We've like, like you say, as a city and as a club, we've had so much to contend with. I mean, not as much to contend with as Everton, obviously, who are like <laughs> still making me laugh. I mean, I don't know what the, the state will be by the time you listen to this, but they're still trying to find a new manager, and they've, they've managed to make a farce out of even that. It's just, it's just non-ending material from them. I'm just loving every minute of it. It, it's the gift that keeps on giving everything. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know yourself, you've probably got friends who are there, blue noses, and they're, they're in absolute crisis. Like, you know, you can't help but ask them, like, so who are we getting today? Or who don't you want today? Sort of thing. And, you know, <laughs> this fellow hasn't even been appointed, Vito Pereira, and they're, they're screaming outrage and doing protests against him being appointed. And then yeah. they're saying they want Frank Lampard. I mean, you know, we've, if that's your your plan and that's your that's who you want to to lead your club, be my guest, you know, because you will you will carry on giving us entertainment and reasons to laugh at you. Um, they are an absolute shambles, and you know we've been there in the past. We've been a mess of a club off the field and on the field not too long ago, um, and we we got ourselves sorted, but. I seen a post the other day, like, you know, they wouldn't want everything to go down, like, because it'd upset the friends and, you know, we'd miss the derby and whatever. But for one season, it'd be bloody hilarious if they oh, went no. down. Yeah. If you just said, oh, who, who are you playing this week? Oh, you got Rotherham away. Oh, we've got into Milan away. Sorry about that. Um, you know, Tuesday nights aren't necessarily in Europe for you, but down in South Yorkshire could be. Um, you know, it, it would be, it'd be hilarious for the year and you would not stop laughing at them, but as would they if it was us. And of they course. laughed at us many, yeah. many years ago when it, when things were going wrong for us under Hodgson and uh, Hicks and Gillette and stuff. So, you know, it's it, it's just the way football is. It's the tribalism. It's, you just got to take it. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do. I mean, I do, I do, I do feel sorry for them sometimes. The people I know, like my mates or whatever, who were Everton fans that I know, who were decent people and all the rest of it. And when you're not talking football. They're all right, but then just the way so many of them, the heads just go. And I think I'd like to think that this this thing about Frank Lampard all kicked off because there was a little sort of, you know, a, a, a gathering of fans saying, "Who do Liverpool hate? Who do Liverpool fans hate? Who could we get in?" And then 
you know, five minutes on any Liverpool forum or going through old tweets, you'll see plenty of hatred or dislike, maybe it's more the proper word, for Frank Lampard. Because, you know, he was he was Gerard's rival, he was he was at Chelsea when all that when when we when they were sort of becoming temporary rivals, if you like. He's just one of those players who wasn't loved at all by Liverpool fans. So you can imagine that there's been a little gathering of Everton fans saying, I'll get him because he'll annoy the red shite. Yeah, I think that's probably what buys into it. And if that's your reasoning for appointing a manager that, you know, he pisses the Reds off, then then that's that's great for you. Like, Good luck to you. <laughs> but, you know, managerial credentials usually help. Um, you've had two of Europe's top managers in the last 20 years. Um, you know, for whatever reasons, they took the job. Ancelotti couldn't wait to get out of there as soon as he was offered the biggest, bigger car that he ran. Um, and, you know, Rafa Benitez, I said at the beginning, I thought it was a no-win situation for them. But he was always going to walk out of there with a bag of money and be hated even more than what he was either way, unless he somehow managed to win them a trophy. But even then, he wouldn't have pleased the, the majority of that fan base. No, so he could, who, he, he who could have won the get? FA Cup and the League Cup in one season and it had been... Well, we should be winning the European Cup. You know, we should have got, got into Europe. Yeah. They, they just wouldn't be happy. They, they're just like they're just destined for disappointment. You know, if if you if you brought up as an Evertonian in this day and age, sadly, it's it's not going to be a great time for you. I don't think it's not. And I think yeah. Well, we've given them enough of a mention, but I think one 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 reason to mention them maybe is that it sort of fits in with a request we had on Discord, which was asking about things to do in Liverpool for people who may be coming for the first time to a match or the first time to visit and I think definitely on that list would be you know go and have a laugh at Goodison because it is a, you won't believe how bad it looks um, <laughs> we can't tell you but you can see it with your own eyes you can just see and maybe go and if have a look got a, at, go if you've got a garden shed that's fallen down and looks a bit battered and you think you know can't really be bothered doing anything with that that's that's good as some back. Yeah, and if he and if he does fall down, bring some of the spur parts with you because maybe they could use them until they get this <laughs> new one built if it ever happens. And then the other thing I think you, you mentioned it early on as well in the podcast, talking about where players might go and competition between Liverpool and Spurs. And half the time, competition is just made up by agents. I'm convinced of it to try and get the really interested club to sort of panic a bit and spend the cash a bit quicker and get things moving. But if you were if you, what you mentioned was like one of the attractions to a Spurs player might be the NFL stadium, and the other one might be the London lifestyle. But I mean, speaking personally, I mean, I, I don't. I, London as a place isn't that bad actually. It's busy. It's noisy. It's 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 crazy. I, th- I think it gets too much attention. All the rest of it, it's definitely not up here. It's got Wembley, which is our second home, so it's not all bad. But I think up here is just something different, and the fact we've got so many decent players here means it can't be can't be that bad but I don't think this podcast is going to be the thing that future players are going to come to to decide whether or not to come to Anfield but it might be something that listeners use to decide what they're going to do when they come to Anfield so we thought what could you do so I think it's, it's sometimes a difficult thing to do because you don't always appreciate what's on your doorstep you just do so many things without even thinking about it without you just take it for granted um off the top of your head, if someone said to you they're coming to a match in a few weeks, what can I do? What would you what would you suggest? 
Ooh, um, well, first of all, thank you to Steve, I think it was, who put it in Discord. Um, he raised the issue of, you know, a topic of a discussion, and I think it's something we might run with, actually, for for a few weeks. Um, various things that we could do around the city. Yeah, we can keep coming back to it, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, you know, where do you begin? I think what I would say is, as someone who's grown up in the city, you don't fully appreciate it until you get people who haven't grown up in the city coming here and pointing things out to you. And we do take a lot of it for granted um, because it's on our doorstep, it's underneath your nose. You don't necessarily see, you know, some people come for the architecture, some people come for the culture, some people come for the music. Uh, The football obviously is a big attraction for, you know, Liverpool fans, maybe not Everton fans. Um, (laughs) You know, there's a lot going on. It's It's a buzzing city and, you know, just people from around the UK, as, as somebody who used to work um, in a in a city centre restaurant behind a bar, the amount of people who come from different parts of the UK um, for hen nights, stag do's, birthday parties, whatever, they love to come to Liverpool. It's it's just got something about it that drags people in. And if you grow up here, you sort of don't understand why until you speak to these people. Um, so that's something that we can we can delve into across the week. So I think if you were coming for football, um, if you were coming on a weekend where obviously the, the game's taking place, if you can get here and spend a weekend across that, um, I'd 100% definitely recommend the stadium tour. Um, yes. Go and see like the inner workings of Anfield, go and see the changing rooms, um, the new main stand I've done it myself last year. Um, opportunities to take pictures with um, the Premier League and the Club World Cup, I think it was, um, and the Super Cup. I don't know if they'll continue that. and They probably will because uh, we've got a replica copy. But if you go to the museum, they've got the real deal, big ears. Um, and, you know, we've got five European Cup, uh, six European Cups, sorry, in the cabinet. Uh, I think five of them are actual genuine European Cups that they, they will tell you that once they were given out, they would then make a new one for the following year. Um, and 2005 was the last time they did that. Um, and you'll, you'll notice that there's a slight difference in each one. Maybe it's the handles are taller, wider, and um, the trophy itself. Like the ones that they won in the 70s and 80s are huge compared to the Cudden, um Champions League model. Um, so that would be one thing I'd definitely recommend. And if you are going to spend time around Anfield, Take your camera, go and see all the um, the murals that have been painted. There's numerous ones. There's a, it seems to be one popping up every couple of months. That they're all dotted around the streets of Anfield. You could do yourself a little walking tour and go and see all these different um, artistic paintings, and you know, get yourself a little collection. That's that's something unique. I think that you know, some clubs are trying to copy. I think Leeds have sort of done a few around their cities of Bielsa and Calvin Phillips. United have done a couple. Um, the Blues have tried to do one or two, I think, but, you know, never worked. Um, but we seem to be of that unique sort of scouse nature that we will honour players past and present um, and also people who've featured highly within the club. Obviously, there's an Anne Williams one recently given the, the Hillsborough stuff and the, the programme that featured on UK television. That There's a mural to wear as well um, around the ground. So the, I'd say those would be a couple of things that I would point out as... If you were coming as a match day fan and you've got time across a weekend to spend in and around the ground in the city that you you probably should visit. 
I think I think the um, as well today with with memorials and stuff for Hillsborough, the ninety seventh victim is having his name added to the official mural, if you like. That's that's just sort of under the main stand that used to be in a different place, obviously, but was moved there when the new main stand was built. That ninety seventh name, and I think another another thing to visit is actually if if I think it's just as important as a mural that sorry a monument that was put together. Um, by and large by the Hillsborough Justice Campaign and it's another monument that's in the city centre itself and it's this, it's sort of down down the down the hill from the main library, the central library and the museums and the art gallery and so on. It's just down the bottom there at the end of St John's Gardens. Um, I would say go and have a look at that, it's an amazing piece and maybe at some point we can maybe talk about what the story is behind it but it, it sort of, it has a story about the time when scarves were linked from Anfield to Goodison and the whole sort of the way the city came together and if in a way the the way so many people from outside the city came together as well to kind of show their reaction to what happened at Hillsborough and that that monument sort of tells that story as well as as bearing the names of all those who we lost that day so I'd say they're they're definitely key things to try and get to see another thing though when you when you're talking about the museum I think what's interesting is if if you're going to the match on a weekend or a week, whatever day day it is, if you can go to the museum, say the day before, and then you come again on the day of the match, the difference is like as if it's like two totally different places, isn't it? I mean, it's it, it lives for the match day that part of the, that part of town. Anfield just comes alive when there's a match on. There's things that you wouldn't even know were there. There's 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 buildings if you like that come alive and, and it just gets on a whole new life which just isn't there on a match day and in a way that's a shame because in a lot you know it's a shame that it's so reliant the local economy on the matches and it is getting better it is improving but I think come to Anfield on a, on a day when there's no match on and it's just like a, it is a different place it is a different feeling and I, I, I sometimes think if I'm ever in the ground when it's really quiet which I've done from time to time for different reasons. It's just like you sort of take in how much has happened in that space. It's all the pitch might have been relayed, the, the stands might have changed, but the the location, there's so much magic, if you like, has gone on. And it's um, when people go on about Stonehenge and its mystical qualities. I'm not react. I'm not. I don't think I'm overreacting to say. I feel like Anfield's got mystical qualities, and you can kind of feel them when it's quiet. Yeah, what I what I love now about Anfield is. You can see it for miles, yeah. um, like whatever you. Uh, unfortunately, my dad uh, was in hospital about two years ago, and if anyone knows the location of Liverpool, um, she was at Weston Hospital, which is like Nosley, which is you know a few miles away from Anfield. Yeah, she was like five, six floors up from her hotel room. Uh, hotel, sorry, hospital room. It is possible um, Weston now. I <laughs> <laughs> you you could see. Anfield, just in the distance, you could make a couple of monuments out in the city centre, but you could just see this massive tower and stand, yeah, um, just sticking out. And you know, if you do a tour of Anfield, you get to go up and in the not maybe the, the higher reaches of that stand, but up to the Coventry booth, and you can oversee the rest of the the ground. It's huge, um, and it gives you like this amazing feeling of like this stadium when it's quiet, it's spooky, yeah, but you know, like. The things that have happened within there, and when it's there, when it's full, as you say, it's a completely different place. It's like, how can this place just sort of go from one extreme to the other? Um, and you know, you'll do pitch side walks, and you, know, you get to see things from the manager's dugout, and 
I, I have the luxury of being able to go to the game and stand in the car and stand normally towards the mid to back region and looking at things from a different point of view. I take you to the corner where Trent took that corner against Barcelona and just thinking like that ball was there and it was whipped in and it looks such a weird different perspective from what you see on television what you might see from a ground position if you were high up in the stand just to see it at ground level you think like some of the stuff that's happened on that pitch um, looking through archive videos and so on like it's a, it's a it gives you the weird feeling inside and if everyone had the luxury to if ever you do have the luxury to visit the, the ground it, on a match day it's, it's just as a good an experience when it's a non-match day as you say you you might just see things from a different perspective and see it in a different light, but it gives you a weird feeling inside. It, it does take your breath away a little bit. And it's true how much you can see the stadium now from just about everywhere. I mean, I used to... If I, I mean, I could drive into Liverpool down Edge Lane, for example, and there's just a couple of spots there where you can you can see it. You can, you can see it right in front of you, this massive stadium that never used to be able to be visible from that far away. Um, and the only one that they hit me most was coming down the East Lanks. I mean, the amount of times I've come down the East Lanks into Liverpool and in the distance you see that sort of famous skyline, very, very distant at that point. Um, probably probably just not too far away from Liverpool's current training ground, in all honesty, where, where you are. And then you see you see that, side line, that, that skyline, the Radio City Tower, the cathedrals, those famous shapes, those landmarks that just stick in your head. But now Anfield is one of those, and it it's just... It's great to see, I and mean, I think it, as much as it brings more fans into the ground and lets us make more money and all these other good things it does, it just kind of reminds everyone who we are and how big we really are. I mean, physically big, as well as uh, metaphorically. And I, I do like, I do think, I do think it's been made a huge difference. And I can remember being a kid and occasionally, certain angles not far from the ground, you'd see the very, very top of the ground maybe, but. You can't miss it now, which must be part of the reason why our neighbours want to move out because he must be sick of seeing us with all our glory and all our winning and all the rest of it so big. So um, looking down on them almost, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we're looking down on them; they wouldn't be happy. I think. I think the other thing as well is how much Anfield's changed, and that's another thing. If you can get to the ground and have a walk around the outside as well, it's not just the stadium that's changed. The, around the grounds changed. I mean, sadly, we've lost. The HJC shop, shop, which used to just be over the road from the cop, that's now gone. But maybe it's not sadly because maybe in many ways the campaigning has, has done as much as it can, and we're, we we got as much justice as we're likely to get in this country. And I think I think it's it's a shame it's gone. But, and I think you know because there's so many memories, and it was such a good place for people to go to with PTSD and things like that. You could go and have somewhere quiet, and people who knew how to help you. People helped so many other people in that place, but. There's still there's still quite a bit to see around Anfield, and I just think just keep coming and watch it change. It's changed and changed and changed. Like ten years ago, if if Google Street View lets you do history searches, try and go around on that and see the differences. But better still, come yourself and have a look around the ground. Um, pubs keep changing names and things, but there's plenty of pubs around Anfield as well. They might be quiet if it's not a match day, but on a match day, can't go in half of them, can you? No, no. Um, I I park down Arkles Road so on my walk to the ground it's the Arkles is, is the local um, or nearest pub for me to go to um, it's also a pub for away fans so even you know if anyone was visiting the ground with somebody who was uh, an away fan 
it's it's a pub that's welcoming towards away fans. They, it, yeah, it's traditionally, they go in isn't it? It's traditionally. Yeah, it's a it's a nice place to go. There's never any hostile in there. I mean, I think it's they don't let in Everton fans, United fans, maybe City. Um, you know, given you know different differences of opinions in in recent times, but yeah. you know, I've been in there recently. There was Brighton fans in there. Um, know the Palace fans were in there a couple of weeks ago when when I went to game. Um, who else have we had up in the, in Anfield recently? Brentford. Um, you know, and you, you bump into people and they're from different parts of the country. But at the end of the day, you're all there for one reason. You want to see the football game, and they're just as polite as anybody else. Um, and you know, if you, sometimes over the microphone there's a spare ticket going that you may pick up. Um, but that's that's a pub that I just go to as a convenience for the way to the ground. But there's there's several pubs. I think if you are going for a bit of, you know, nostalgia and a sing song, there's there's hotel tier or this is Anfield on Anfield Road that does live music before games now. Sort of a bit of a fan a bit like you see in Germany. Um there's the down the cop end as well, which after the game is always good for the sing song. There's ten, tends to be a local artist on in there doing a, a few club songs and, you know, if you've had a nice wind, there's nothing better than coming off the ground and continuing singing, really. So there's plenty of water and holes to go to. I'm sure you, you've you probably got your own favourite as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of like got into a habit of moving around a lot over recent years because my, my match day experience quite often ends up being, certainly before um, all this technology came in that we've got now with having to use your phone and all the rest of it, it used to be a case of like meeting someone somewhere to exchange some cash at face value for for a fan card and arranging to meet him afterwards and you know the worst thing you can ever do is to arrange to meet someone outside the Shankly statue because everyone does that so you're better off trying to maybe meet up in a pub or or maybe it just it'll just be that I'm at that end that end of the ground when I fancy a pint or I'm driving but yeah I mean there's so many I mean there's a flat iron which isn't really called a flat iron there's um the 12th man which used to be some people call the Solly there's just so many pubs around that in all honesty as long as you don't mind sort of having your pint up against your chest as you're trying to drink it, you, you know, you'll have a good time, full of Liverpool fans. And as you say, I, I mean, I do think the Arkles is, is is not unique. I mean, there are Liverpool, non-Liverpool fans welcoming some of the other pubs as well, but not in the same way as the Arkles. It's always been that way. And I think, I'm pretty sure the people running it have run it for years. And it's, 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 it's part of why Anfield is a community. And if it is a different community during the week to what it is on a match day, so be it. But on a match day, there's a definite community. I mean, you're talking about people from all over the country seeing each other in the pub. Some of them probably live hundreds of miles away, but they see each other more than they see members of their own family from a couple of miles away because they meet up in the pub. Um, I think the amount of times I've just gone into a pub, you're not, I don't know, I've never walked into a pub at Anfield and thought, oh, I don't fit in here. Quite happy. You know, there's, there's no sort of, I wouldn't worry is what I'm trying to say. Um, if you can find one of the pubs we've mentioned, great. But if not, just go into any of those pubs around the ground and enjoy yourself. You're a Liverpool fan, assuming you are that you're listening to this. You're a Liverpool fan, you'll be welcome, you'll enjoy it, and you'll get some insight, and you can just listen into things. You know, just listening to people's conversations, listening to people predicting what's going to go on today or after the match, doing the post-mortem of it. It's all good. It's all good. It's all part of being a fan and part of the experience that we luckily get because when we can go to games... We're not just watching it on TV and putting something else on. The The match is just 90 minutes of a big day out, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you've got 
you know, the club are trying to encourage people to get into the ground early, but I think it's just sort of local mentality and attitude that you just sort of rock up within the half hour before the game because people like to enjoy, you know, meeting up with other friends who maybe sit somewhere else in the ground and enjoying yeah. a drink or two. And, you know, as you say, it's a it's a big it's a big day out sometimes, you know, going to the game. It's for, for a lot of people that might be there they're only releasing life, you know, from, from work, from children or whatever. And, you know, that, that opportunity to go and watch Liverpool and meet up with friends, who you, as you say, you might only see at match days, um, is what some people hold really sacred and really important to them. That's the, their little bit of getaway time from reality as such and, you know, just focus on on football and the 90 minutes, as you say, is something that just takes part. And just meeting people from, from different parts of the the country you support Liverpool, different parts of the world. I mean, you can you can bump into fans from all over the world and in pubs around Liverpool, uh, around Anfield. And you know, if you are coming from a different part of the world to to Liverpool for the first time or even numerous times, like you will learn so much as well from the local people as well. Like the people like to to get involved and see like different sides of the, the you know the the scout sort of mentality, the culture. Um, the attitude towards things and if that's something that you're interested in I'm sure if you went into any of the pubs and got chatting to local people then you know we're certainly not one to, to hold our tongue they'll certainly give you a bit of conversation back so you know it, it's something that's open to everyone it's a it's an open city where we're open to people coming from different parts of the world and you know if you've got something you want to say and offer then you know we're the first people to to stand there and listen to you Oh, don't don't be um, don't be worried as well if you get the piss taken out of you because that's not meant to be a harmful <laughs> thing. It's literally you know you take the piss out of each other. So if you start speaking, you're bound to get the piss taken out of you. But don't worry, don't worry, don't be frightened. It's just a laugh, and it's all part of the friendliness. I think you know. I think the more you get the piss took out of you, the more friendly the people are with you, aren't they? Really? Yeah, and if you can, you know, if you if you're quick witted and of mind that you can give something back, you know, it, that's it. Then you, you you might have a friend for life in there, but. Uh... It, it's probably a, a nature of the people of Liverpool that having a quick tongue and a quick mind is is something that we've probably got more than most people and the quick wit and you know it's maybe quickness is the way we play it's the way Liverpool like to play is that you know get get the ball up the field move it fast and you know play at a high tempo it's also a high tempo that goes on in our minds that sometimes yeah. you're saying you things come out of your mouth sometimes without thinking. Sometimes it's just an instant reaction. Sometimes it's just with that quicker thought that we're one step ahead of you. Yeah, it's funny. I love, I love it. I, love, I just love it. It's just, it's just, it is a great place to be. I think just quickly as well, I think, I just mentioned, if you're going to go in the match, I would say have something to eat before you get near Anfield because it's getting harder to find stuff to eat that's um, not a ridiculous price now because the clubs seem to be doing the best to sort of if you like monopolize what food options you've got i mean i don't know i don't i mean i do generally eat anyway before i come to the ground but it's like my favorite chippy from years ago was gone and there's there's lots of these snack vans sort of pots up there i'm sure liverpool either get a, a, a commission from or maybe even sort of hire out themselves and make the money out of but the the food's expensive in inside anfield and around anfield the, the, at the official places so you know, and it's have, a not look, great. have a look around. There's, there's the there's the pie shop, home baked, which is like a community place. Try and get in there, but you, you'll struggle to get in, maybe. Um, so yeah, 
bring some food or eat beforehand if you want to eat. But you know, if it's a good game, you'll not want to eat anyway. You'd be too nervous. Yeah, I think if if you, as I say again earlier on, if you, if you are visiting the city and around the region, um, around the weekend when you know there's opportunities to maybe grab something from one of these more independent food places um, around the ground. I know home baked only opens on certain days because it's sort of a niche market and how it operates um, with match day. But if there was a three o'clock kickoff, if you fancied maybe getting up the ground at half 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, doing yourself a little walk around, maybe seeing the murals, maybe that's your opportunity to grab a little bit of food when the queues aren't so big. Because yeah. as you say, hey, you come out the ground or even walking up to the ground, the, the queues for the chippies around like, the cop end, you know, the, the 50, 60 people deep just for some chips and curry or chips and gravy. And, yeah. you know, unless you're really, really hungry, you, you can probably do without. And as I say, the, the food in the ground is overpriced and it's not the best. Um, you know, even the, the beer isn't the greatest, if, if we're honest in there. They could have a better selection and a better... Um, method of beer but you know that's just how it is there's, there's not much you can do about that the main stand is actually a better quality of um beer if, if that's what you're into it or snacks there's a little bit more variety on offer um and it's more open there is a lot more space if you if you do yeah. want to actually get some refreshments rather than you know the cramped down field road or the uh the kenny or the the cop end they are old stands and you know there's only so much you can do with them and um, obviously the Anfield Road will be developed in the next couple of years and that will be you know gold standard in terms of space and facilities so at least we'll have half of the ground if that's what you want to do and enjoy and um, that's there but you know if you are coming to the city the, the local people would like your business you know there's, yeah. there's plenty of local independent retailers selling clothes, selling food, selling beers, refreshments all around the ground. So if you have got the opportunity to put money into their pockets, it's always greatly appreciated. Yeah, definitely. Because I know the club have made a concerted effort. And this goes back to when Hicks and Gillette came in and it never kind of stopped being a policy, which was there's all of these people coming to Anfield for a match and all of these people are spending money that isn't all necessarily being taken in by Liverpool Football Club. You know, the people are buying buying souvenirs, going for meals, whatever, going for drinks or whatever. And the club really, really wanted to take as much as that of that money as they could. They even ended up doing deals with some local places so they could do hospitality. You can get hospitality tickets where you might pay, say, 300 quid and you get a match ticket in the Upper Anfield Road that's maybe worth 50 quid um, and a meal and you pay 300 quid for it. So, you know, but the thing is the club saw that and thought, well, there's a market for this. And if that gets you a ticket and you're the only way you can get in and you can afford it, go for it but if not you know you might have to try a bit harder to get a ticket but the main thing is those independent people around the ground you know they they rely on match day revenue so much so a fiver to them is probably worth a lot more to them than a fiver to liverpool when you think about how much money it costs to buy new players you know the, the sort of money liverpool is supposedly paying for this new signing you can't even imagine what that kind of money is can you if, if you actually had that in front of you in notes it just wouldn't make sense, would it? You know, it's not the kind of money you see day to day. Well, I don't, so it, it's silly. But you know, literally a five or a tenner in one of those local community places that that's worth a lot to them. Maybe also as well, keep your eye out for food bank collections and stuff like that. Maybe if you can bring something to help with that, that would be good because that that's another important part of match day in this day and age. Unfortunately, just thinking about people who really who really badly off, and that 
kind of leads me on to another thing I just wanted to say. I I mentioned at the start this might be the first time you're listening. And um, that could be because up until now you've had to pay a subscription to listen to this kind of content and you've just not had the money to do it or you've not been able to justify spending that kind of money. And the, the truth is that for some people, a few pound a month is a lot of money. It's a few pound they can't find. And so I was actually genuinely made up when we made the decision at Anfield Index that we're going to move to a model whereby if you're a subscriber, you get all the content quicker and you get it without advertisements. So I would personally say if you can afford to subscribe, please do so because you'll get a much better experience. But if you can't or you're going through a difficult time or you're not sure if you want to commit, having the ability to listen to everything with some ads isn't a bad trade-off in my opinion. And it feels like something that Jurgen Klopp would be happy with, something that Bill Shankly would have been happy with, something that, that kind of fits in with with how we do things you know we're not we want everyone to be able to listen to this stuff and i feel that's 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 the way it should be and obviously it costs money to host these things and all the rest of it that goes on to it there are costs it's not free for us to do these things if you like but if we can cover the costs and and stuff and get everyone working well on it and still get people to listen when they can't afford a subscription surely that's a good thing so i hope hope that you think so too but if not if you're already a subscriber, you can get onto us on Discord with your feedback. And if you're listening for the first time and you want to know more about subscribing, let us know. Um, I don't know about you, Jay. Do you think do you think Klopp and Shanks and people like that would have been happy with this idea? Yeah, they were, you know, famously known as men of the people, um, and that's that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to give the people a listening experience. You know, not everyone has to agree with us. Not everyone has to like us, but we're giving our thoughts and opinions out there. There's there's lots of fun content out there, so we understand if if you subscribe to one, you might want to subscribe not want to subscribe to another because it does become a, a commitment uh, financially. And in this times of hardship, especially in the UK, it's it's getting more and more expensive for everything. It seems so. If we can give something back um, as a free token and allow people to to listen. Um, get our views if you've got any views you want to give back to us we're open to opinion as you as you've saw we, we had a suggestion um on the discord channel which we're we're gonna roll with we think it's a great idea that steve give us you know to maybe each week incorporate a different area of the city that if you were coming that we could maybe advise you that what we think we would like to do or what fans would like to do um but all we all we want to do is you know just share our feelings and share our voices and we're happy to listen to anyone else and if you have got the luxury to you know get by without adverts and that's great but if you haven't and you, you're okay to wait a couple of days for some content then you know we, we're giving that that out there for the people um anfield index for me i've been listening for years and years probably not far since it began um and it's i've always found that you know Sometimes, if you live within the city, which I do, and that, um, does find content that can maybe just be a bit blinded. Um, and as I said earlier on, you, you you grow up in the city, so you're blinded by things. And you know, there's a lot of people who contribute to this channel from various parts of the world. And when you do get their opinions, like, maybe it does just make you think with a bit more perspective of how you view the club. Um, as I've said many a time, if you've listened before, that I do count myself as a fortunate person to be able to to go and attend Liverpool games on a regular basis. I know there'd be a lot of people out there who would do anything to get to one game. Um, and I get the luxury of going to 
towards getting home games in the season. So I am fortunate, but we are putting out stuff out there that gives you a little perspective, gives you a chance to to air different views and understand people from different cultures and different mindsets. And you know, at the end of the day, it's a community where we're all fans. We all want the same thing, which is the best for Liverpool. And I'm sure Klopp and Shanks would also want the fans to be happy. That's what we all love Jurgen Klopp for, the fist pumps at the end of the game. He, he's united the fan base. That's what he said at the beginning. Doubters to believers and, you know, bring everyone together and if you're all on the same train and all pushing in the right direction, that train will get to the destination that we want, which at the end of the day is success and trophies and the more people that come on board, if you can afford it, that's great. If you can't, then that's great too. Just listen along, enjoy it. If you've got anything you want to say, just fire it back to us via Discord, via Twitter, through the and through the next channel, through the the streams that we've got there. Just you know, keep involved, keep listening, and if the more people keep listening, the lights stay on, and you know we can keep doing these things and allowing people to to listen to us. And and as well, it's a, it's advice for fans because I think when I, I've I mean I've written I've written and and podcasted and done Liverpool stuff all over the place, but the thing. I mean, when I started my own Anfield Road website all those years ago, the, the idea of it was that this is someone who supports the club, who cares about the club, who wants the best for the club, wants the best for his fellow fans, and at times might have to speak out against the club if things aren't going well. Might have to, you know, might have to be honest, might have to say the difficult things that that the official site could never say. The official site's got to be loyal to the owners and all the rest of it. Um, although, to be honest, when the Hicks and Gillette stuff was going on, a lot of people involved on the official site were absolutely fuming at some of the stuff they had to say and they did the best to avoid having to be positive about them in the end I'm pretty sure of that but the, it's it's likewise with the national press or even the local press there's this element of maybe the national press just want to have a go that's why Liverpool gets so much criticism when for once in a blue moon we get a VAR decision our way local press to some extent they've got to be careful they've got to keep that relationship with the club because you just know that at a high level someone's going to threaten to pull plugs if they say the wrong thing about the wrong person and at the moment things are going pretty well people who are moaning about fsg have really got nothing to moan about if you compare it to the days of hicks and gillette or even the later days of moores and parry when we were looking for that buyer and we were starting starting to struggle so they were times when we could be critical of the club and it would have been difficult for the local media to do that to some extent because they might have, you know, the way they make the money is by having a good relationship with the club and getting access to things that others don't always get. The way the national media make the money is by putting sensationalist headlines up that don't really tell the truth and don't really tell the story, but they sound good. And I think I think what we as fans want is the same. To me, Anfield Index does that. We we want to know our club's okay. We want to fight for our club if it needs us. We want to celebrate our club when we deserve to, when it, when it's going well. And, you know, we, we treat the club and our fellow fans almost as an extension of our own family. And I think the thing about Anfield Index is it is like that. It's a community. If you've not been on the Discord, try and get on it because it's just an app you can download on your phone. It's, the instructions, people will help you. It's not a difficult thing to do. And you can find loads of like-minded people to chat to about stuff to do with Liverpool that other people maybe wouldn't give you the time of day for. But certainly if you don't live in the city, you're probably not going to get the same chances. This this to me is what Anfield Index is. It, it's a voice for the fans and, and a voice that's for the sake of the club. And I think although we don't all agree, 
that's the case with any fan anywhere, isn't it? We don't always agree, but we all have the same ultimate goal, which is that Liverpool keep on winning everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I would echo the, the Discord thing. And it's not just football that's on there. You know, there's there's a lot of other like channels. If if there's something there to please everyone, there's rugby, there's cricket, NFL, um, boxing. You know, there's, there's things to help with mental health. There's fitness stuff. You know, that there's endless... Um, conversations that are there and you, you know you can you can mute certain ones that you don't want to be involved in you can get involved in other ones there's there's a community on there as well as on the podcast and um, side that we that we have the joy of being involved in there's a community of listeners and subscribers and fans that you know because people live all over the world you can probably drop a message on there at any time of day night yeah and somebody probably will get back to you and i mean like I don't think Lubo ever sleeps. Like, <laughs> he, he's on he's on the transfer chat. He never sleeps. Uh, Dell's on there. He never sleeps. And then like obviously, Gags and Dave and Eddie and stuff like they will chip in with certain things. And you know, there, there's so many people involved on it. Um, voices that you hear on the airwaves, podcasts, voices that you may never hear of before. But you'll find a common goal and a common ground of conversation. So it's given that that element of community. A fan base, um, and as you say, we're, we're we're all we're all only here for one thing, and it's a, for the best for Liverpool. And you know, there's there's plenty to discuss, but there's there's also a lot of people there who are willing to listen, um, as much as you know people want to listen to us or whatever. Not um, there's people on there that will, will will listen to you and will engage. So I think it's a it's a really good you know channel, a really good enterprise that Gags and Eddie and Greg have also created. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think maybe one last thing for me, just as a comparison, is when we said about when you go in the pub, just sort of don't be frightened of speaking up and chatting and talking to people and listening in and, and getting involved in the conversation. Same applies on Discord. If you're brand new to it, just get on, have a have a bit of a listen for a bit, see what the kind of the way the conversation goes, and get involved because you won't be you won't be in any you know you won't get hurt or criticised or flamed or whatever the words used to be in the olden days of internet forums and things, you'll just get, you know, you just get other people talking with you. You might get a bit of the piss take, take out here and there because that's the kind of thing that happens, but it's all done in a nice way. As for now, I think we've gone on. We've gone a bit over again this week after us thinking, what can we talk about in an international break? Well, there's always something to talk about, isn't there? But for now, I think we, we're going to leave it there. Jay, thanks for all your insight today. Yeah, no worries. As I say, that. Hopefully we'll have some new listeners, first-time listeners. Um, and if you want to go back, I'm sure you can subscribe and listen to some of our old stuff. There might be something there. As as we've said throughout the pod, we don't necessarily always touch on the here and now. There's topics of conversation that surround other other parts of the club, maybe from the past or something that's a bit off-piece that you can listen to. Um, and if you have got any sort of ideas, thoughts, topics for discussion, if something that's in your mind, you think, oh, I wonder what wonder what they think about that yeah. you know from people within the city um fire it to us we, we will discuss it um, because we do try try and be a podcast that gives a little bit of something different different to listen to we're not always focusing on the game coming up or the game that's gone um as you probably hear throughout this hour or so that we will natter and go off in tangents so we're always open to new ideas yeah we are definitely 
And I think as soon as we put, as soon as I think as soon as this podcast finishes, I just know I'm going to think about twenty things I should have said about things you can do around the ground on a match day. We've not really even covered what you can do when it's not a match day that are not Liverpool related. So we will come back to this and we'll come up with more ideas. But you know what? Maybe you've got some ideas of stuff you've done when you've been here, or maybe you know suggestions that you think other people are like. So by all means, drop them in. For now, though. He's hoping that by the time we next do one of these shows, we have got a brand new attacking player, that we aren't all crying about FSG, those of us who are, that we're all quite happy with how things are going on. Never know, maybe Mo's signing a new contract by then. But whatever happens, we'll still be here to talk about it. And so until then and until next time, thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.